friends, and welcome to another episode of Go Off and Create, the podcast. I'm your host, Camia, and as the years go on, we are gifted with innovations of brilliant minds, but all innovations are not created equal, right? Take, for example, robotic machinery, meant to be a helping hand, but in some cases, it does put people out of a job. Though some innovations start off with good intentions, over the years, they can potentially cause more harm than good. Today, we'll hear from fellow graphic designer, Robbie Pierre, because we designers need to have a little chit chat about machines and creativity and are we raging against them? Let's go and see. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Camia. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I am doing really, really good. Um, the kind of the thing that's been on my mind lately is how as creators, we have all these new elements of design tools and by design tools, I mean Canva or Adobe Spark, whatever have you, and even our artificial intelligence. Um, and it's something I've been wanting to talk about just simply because I think there's like two sides of the, the spectrum, like some people are probably for it, some people are probably not, and by some people I do mean maybe in our world of graphic design, but other creatives that maybe paint or do music or whatever the case may be. So I just wanted to talk about it. So I wanted to bring you on because you are also a designer like me, a graphic designer like me. I actually think you're the first other graphic designer I've had on the show. I've had a lot of, I know, right? I've had a lot of other creatives, but I think you are the first, yeah, graphic designer and you're in the field like as well. So yay, I'm excited about that. So what college, did, not in what college, but when did you graduate from college? I graduated technically May of 2020. Um, I walked December, 2019, then the pandemic hit right after that. Cause I only had two classes left, um, you know, in undergrad for my last semester. So I was like, let me get walking out the way. And then walking is no longer an, even an option for the rest of my uh, peers. So that's Good crazy. Yeah. I mean, that means you got it in right at a good time. That's such, I mean, I do feel bad for the rest of the graduates. I really do. High school, college, it's just, I feel like the experience is all jacked up at this point. But I asked because I graduated from college, I believe 2007. So we have entered the design world at two different time periods. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated, there wasn't things like Canva. There wasn't things like Adobe Spark. Um, there wasn't even website builders. So, and I didn't even have the thought to think that it would be something that would happen. And then there's you who graduated with all those things available to you or not to you, but just available in general. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know what are your initial thoughts on those kind of tools? Um, I guess in a way they used to be kind of worrisome because, um, you know, you have these tools come out and they kind of quote unquote, take your job away from you. right. <laughs> like entering into the field. It's like, you know, if people don't need designers and what was the point of my education? Um, but I'm very thankful for one of my professors in particular because he definitely honed in that design isn't necessarily an art, although it is subjective like art, it's not an art, it's more of a science. You're trying to um, solve a problem. So what these sites, at least not now, can't take away from actual designers is that you know they're just here for aesthetic purposes they're not necessarily here to solve a problem or at least there has to be like a you know like a, a process to solving whatever mm -hmm. problem is, is instated so it's not so worrisome anymore um I can use it as a tool sometimes if I need to create something quickly but I'm so used to all the design software that I use now that I, I barely do use uh um Canva um I don't think I've really played with Adobe stock um either too much but they're definitely interesting. I've, I've played around with them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have Adobe Spark because, and you probably do too, just because if you have um, a subscription with Adobe, yeah. then you have Adobe Spark. But I will say, I was never concerned, like, out of job. I guess I really never thought about the programs. I was like, oh, okay, they're out here. But I think that for me, it was kind of like, okay, I get it. Like, I get that people out there in the world are working with different budgets, different kind of time frames, And so I do understand the, the notion of it makes it easier for you to be able to do something quickly. Um, but I think when people genu um, genuinely understand design, they understand that you, like you said, you are solving a problem, but you're also getting something custom to your needs, as opposed to what you'll get with Canva or Adobe um, Spark, or even, even a, what is it called? Creative market is another one where it allows you to buy, you know, things. And I'm not even hating on anybody who uses these platforms as a passive income or anything like that. It's, that's not really the issue. 
but I never was worried, but I do think that some people think like, oh, this is all it takes for a design. So this is easy. And that's not the case at all. And I think that it's okay if it works for you, like your business. Like I'm not going to even lie as a designer, like for quick and easy, I've used Adobe Spark, like for my own stuff. Um, meaning like if I'm posting something on social media, I need to turn out quickly. I am perfectly fine and be like, all right, let me go put my colors in here and let me just put my color on my background and my text and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't do that for clients. It's simply because it is so accustomed to what you need and what your needs are. Um, but do you think that for some people that they, they really hunker down and think like, okay, with Canva, I am designing, I am this graphic designer because I see a lot of designers who I feel sometimes abuse the, the lack of knowledge in clientele Mm -hmm. I it's interesting I I I do think that but I almost see it from another standpoint as well um it's hard for me to claim generation z because I'm like literally right at the beginning of it but I will claim it for the sake of this this conversation um but uh with with my generation I find that there we're a lot of uh self-learners there's a lot of youtube learners and Mm -hmm. uh, just getting away from the idea that getting a four-year education is the standard and that's what you have to do in order to be successful. So I think a lot of the times, unless they're very anal about it or very arrogant about it, I don't think it necessarily comes from a place of, um, you know, I'm elite and this, I'm an expert in this field, but more so I'm very proud of myself from like teaching this to myself, you know, not having a professor teach it to me or getting a formal education, but I, um, you know, taught this to myself and I have clients that like it so it it validates their um their belief in what they're doing not again not hating on what they are doing you as we discussed already there is a process to it it's not you know as quick as a lot of people make it seem but I don't a a lot of times I don't see it as an intentional wrong even though I do see the issues behind it if that makes sense no it does make sense no it makes perfect sense um because i've gone to youtube university myself um i have no shame in it i'm very big on researching and doing all those things but but yeah i do think that like you said like this is a skill set i do think that graphic design skill set yes like you i did get a degree in it do i necessarily think the degree is needed in order to be successful in the field no i don't i do think that some people are super talented and are able to to do graphic design or other things in a creative space that doesn't require them to get a, a degree. I think a lot of times it just comes down to your work and like what you can do. Um, with that being said though, that doesn't mean that all, all things are created equal. So do these um, particular design tools, these website builders, do these things make you excited about the future of creativity? Not particularly, no, if I'm being honest. Um, they. I'm kind of indifferent towards them. Like I, like you asked before, if I was worried, I was at one point, but after getting some type of exposure to, even though I don't use the sites themselves, they, a lot of times are very cookie cutter. Um, And as you were saying before, when people come to graphic designers, they want something custom to their needs, to their brand. So I'm kind of just very indifferent towards it. Of course, individual people, some people are just very talented and they just have that gift, but I don't think that can be credited to the sites or the services themselves. It's more the people who, if they do have that talent, they're designers, whether they got the formal education or mm-hmm. not. So I'm, I'm just, I'm very indifferent towards them if I'm. <laughs> <laughs> no, be honest. No, seriously. I don't, I don't, I don't think, the reason why it doesn't make me excited is just simply because I think I used to do magazine layouts and magazine uh, publication layouts is, my heart like I still like doing layouts but what happens when you do something that's very much repetitive or very much the same thing you really kind of lose that edge if you will you don't sharpen your skill sets so I think there's pros to making something very much easy and just you know replace colors change change fonts but you do lose a little bit of that uh, process of thinking if it becomes too easy mm-hmm. And so I think that is one of the things that I don't feel so excited about with it because you potentially could kind of hurt your your creative thinking process if you just always rely on these little programs to 
do it for you. Plus, you don't even know your true potential. And I'm talking to everybody. I'm not talking to people who are just designers. But do you see any benefits from these particular design tools? Um, I guess uh, for quick things, like I know you mentioned um, for your own page sometimes if you just need to put something out there. I think a lot of it looks good. Um, it's it's not that it doesn't look good, but if it, if the, not the market, but if everything we consume media wise is oversaturated with that type of cookie cutter design, then, you know, you're not holding anyone's attention. You're not putting anything new out there. Um, so it does serve its purpose, but, you know, I don't see us heading in that direction per se, that it, we will become oversaturated, but, you know, as long as we don't head in that direction, we should be fine. But yeah, for quick things, I don't see a huge issue with it. Um, you know, when done in moderation, when it's done smartly. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I hear a lot of designers say, you know, uh, uh, what's, I don't remember the actual phrase, but um, just copy smart. If you're going to copy um, what's yeah. somebody cop copy in a smart way and make sure it's strategic, um, just like the rest of the design process. Mm -hmm. No, I, I do think, yeah, again, like I said, uh, you know, budget wise, I understand it for like quick, easy access. I think a lot of times people's um, challenge, and it's not just, it's myself as well, is time. People don't have time now uh, for a lot of things. And so I think that's why these design tools, Canva, Adobe Spark, I'll say them again, but I think that's why people hit them up. Also, people have budgets or don't see the value in their investment mm -hmm. for what they're trying to do. So it's like, I just want to do something quick and easy. And I've been told many times and I've never, I never really pay attention to it because when you do graphic design, to me, I'm just doing what I guess in my mind comes natural to me. So just like you were probably doing what comes natural to you. So when someone sees like what I've done, it's like, for them, it's like, whoa. And I'm me, I'm like my own worst critic, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, for other people, it's like, my brain doesn't do that. So you see an image and you see X, Y, Z, right? And so, but for someone else, it's like, my brain doesn't compute that way. So I think for people like that, these programs are beneficial. But to flip it, the con I do think is you run the risk of, not actually, no, you don't run the risk. You will probably see what you're doing again, like you said, like over and over again, because everybody has access to the same templates or the same logos. So you're going to see it being a repetitive cycle. And to your point, like for me, I really, it's not redundancy because that's just unnecessary, but I don't like for things to be repetitive. Mm -hmm. And so when I get on social media and I see like the same stuff over and over again, I really am just like, ah, get me out of here. Um, so I think that, and if you don't care about that, then I guess you just go use the programs. You don't, it don't bother you no way. But for me, I need to see like, I don't know, like I can't have it be so figure outable, if that makes sense. Like I need some some differences. So or if they're really dated to hard interrupt. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, interrupt me. <laughs> there's one there's one girl in, and now I'm thinking about maybe it does infuriate me a little bit more than I let on before. There's one girl in particular that I, I follow and um she has, I don't want to put air quotes around it. I was about to. She has a design page. Um and, you know, she loves to say, you know, let me take your brand to the next level. And, you know, I, she has three kids and I think she has a job. So I'm sure it's like a side hustle and whatnot, which I don't knock at all. But a lot of her designs are just really dated. Um, a lot of uh, like glitz and glam, just stuff that you would see a lot in like the early 2000s and for like smaller, um, smaller companies, nothing that is really six not successful, but um, reaches a, a larger audience, you know, mm -hmm. and the, you know, I see it and I'm just like, that's not what design is about. It's not about, you know, mm -hmm. doing the same thing for each person that you, um, you know, design for, but it's like really solving a problem. I don't think people really see that. I, I got called the art student a lot of the time and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, I have a BFA, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an art student, but that's fine. I love art. I, right. I, You're I, like, okay. But, <laughs> No, but let's get into that really quickly. I know it's probably a tangent, but to your point, it's our job also to um, do research. Like these are evolving doors. Like 
when I graduated compared to when you graduated, completely different. You've probably been taught something new that I've never been taught or learned it in a different way. Like we have to kind of keep up with the trends of our, of our um, profession, if you will. And I don't care if you went to college or not, you just have to kind of keep up with it. Um, and then to your, to your other point, but it's like that actually hurts all of us because the people who do pay for your services don't know if it's fresh looking or not, they're coming to you, like you said, because they need help with something. And so if you're giving them outdated work, it does lessen the value because say they don't go with you next time or go with her next time, they go with another designer who actually is more up to date. Mm -hmm. They're not going to see the justification in their price or they're not going to see, or they will be fine with the price, but the corrections that they give them are going to be kind of to go back to an old school way. And you're going to be like, no, like that's not, you're not going to say it like that, but you're going to try to guide them into the, the right direction because they really don't know. So it's ebbs and flows, but that can hinder the design process as well by just being like, oh, you know, this is what I do for everybody. Um, and granted, if you do the same thing for everybody and by same thing, I mean like just switching out some colors, yes, it saves you time. So you do have time to be able to tend to other things in your life. But I get frustrated because some people do that and then they charge these astronomical prices. And it's like, that's not fair to the client. Like at the end of the day, it's my job to make the client happy. It's not about me. I really, it's really not about how I feel. I want them to feel good. And I want whoever they're trying to reach their target audience, I want them to be able to reach them. And so if I'm giving out subpar stuff, I, I'm not, I wouldn't even let myself go out like that. I'd be so mad at myself, like, to be quite <laughs> honest. But it does, it does, like, irk me when I see that from other people just because I'm like, that's not right. Like, that's just not fair. And I'm okay with, like, turning away work if they want me to make it look kind of crazy. You know, I'm just like, all right, I, I just can't do that for you. And it hurts uh, people like me that are starting off in the fields. I'll, I will admit that I did, and I know a lot of um, my other classmates also did it, but we would charge a lot less for certain things. And mm-hmm. it, it takes a long time to design something because there's, it's not just the final design. I have it in my head and I just, you know, throw it up on the screen and it's done. It, there's mm-hmm. a, a thought process behind it and research. And um, if I charge less, an arbitrary number, if I charge someone like what 50 20 to 50 dollars for a logo that took me all day or maybe two days to put together then I didn't really make that much money off of it compared no. to someone that's experienced in the field or someone that's charging astronomical weights for something that is very better or you know they've already given out to someone else so just absolutely establish myself in the field and get clients by you know enticing them with like a lower rate even though it's not fair you have to be and I've had to learn this but you have to be okay with people not being okay with paying your price, right? And it's hard when it's like, but I gotta live, you know? Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you're just not the client for me, that's fine. But then also I know that there are people out there, I don't even know if they're real, like really graphic designers or not, but I do know there's people out there who will take on these graphic design jobs and then they just pay it off to somebody else. And I don't mean like uh, contract work, but I mean like go to Fiverr and just pay for the logo to be made. You know, those kinds of things. I almost guarantee someone's doing that. I don't do that, but it's like all these in and outs of, of, of the business. But to your point, it does hinder you. It hinders us all um, because you can't even like, as far as experience goes, you can't even like build your portfolio, mm-hmm. you know, effectively if, you aren't charging the right price, or if you're getting these jobs where it's not as versatile as you need them to be, you know? So I don't know. It's like, I don't know, it's very interesting to say the least, but it's the ebbs and flows of it. I still wouldn't like shy anybody away from doing design work. But also, I don't know if you know this, but there's been a lot of like, artificial intelligence come up um I don't know maybe it's it's the the era Mm -hmm. but apparently there are robots with artificial intelligence that can paint that can 
um, jam, have jam sessions, make music, can write scripts and screenplays and all these things, which I find, I don't know, I find that very interesting. But how do you feel about that? A part of me wants to be scared about it, not even just for my uh, my field at all. Um, whenever I think think of AI, I think of uh, I don't know if you heard of like the deep fake um, like videos and audio where um, people can literally take someone's face and make a whole video of them talking like their face. And oh, their face. okay, yeah, yeah. Make a whole video of them talking, and they never said any of that, and that's wild to me because. How do you regulate that? I guess the, the regulations is, is what. Um, mm -hmm. No, that's scary. That's straight up scary. Because <laughs> I, I saw a video of, of Steve Harvey rapping a Meg Thee Stallion song and it looked like Steve Harvey was was there <laughs> on uh, with the wig um, rapping. And it's, it's just very interesting is all. Um, I'm, while I'm scared, I'm so curious to see how it plays out and what comes of it? Um, will we have the first movie, you know, made entirely by a robot soon? Um, will there not Oh my gosh, Robbie, movie? like for real, you, you just put it out there in the universe. I bet you that is coming from somebody. <laughs> it's coming from somebody. Like, I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> somebody's going, it's, I don't know, 2023 20, something. Somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, I made this movie with this robot. Because we went from movies on what, high production cameras, all that stuff. Then all of a sudden people are like, oh, I made this movie on my iPhone. So I know it's gonna happen. Some robot somewhere is gonna make freaking Oscar award winning movie. But I go off and create, I stand firm in that we're all creatives. And I, I mean that in the sense of every single one of us, I'm not even talking artistically. I do think that that's something that's put within us and it's our job to put our, our gift back into the world, wherever that gift may be. But if machines, are making creativity, is it still creative? Hmm. It's an excellent question. It reminds me of, uh, I don't remember which one of the many movies it was that uh, someone had me watch, but um, is it Ex Machina? I don't remember, but where the man made like a, a woman robot and like she fell in love with him and all that jazz and it's, was she really in love with him? Did he program her to do that? Because it, like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Um, can you can you program a robot to have feelings? And I, I guess you can, but then are they really authentic? And I would say no, no. because there's no conscience. Yeah, I would say right? no. There's no soul. There's no conscience. Um, it's not really thinking. It's more just on code and um, mm -hmm. adapting to. It's, it's, yeah, it's adapting to whatever you give to it based off of how it was coded. So no, but we perceive it to be, you know, it's hard to, right. it's hard to, to say, no, this is fake. If you don't know that it's, it's a robot or that it was coded to do X, Y, and Z. That is true. So it, it feels real. And that's- But see, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's where the regulations come in. <laughs> Is I have no issue with like the robot itself, like making creativity, but I do have, like you said, I have issue with like, is it real? Is it not? Like, we won't know. Like, you know, that's where I'm like, I don't really know if I want those lines blurred. Like, yes, have your robot paint a picture. But I think you need to say the robot painted the picture. Like, I don't think it needs to be like, oh. And we're creating like fake profiles, like, fake artist name for the robot. So you don't know it was a robot, but you think it's a person. I don't know, I just find that really weird. I actually saw, was it yesterday, the day before, where this woman was like, is popular on uh, Instagram. And I think she's popular in South Korea, but they're like, but the thing is, they're like, she's not real. And I was like, wait, what? Like this woman is AI, she's like, a, a generated woman and they just make her do all like the latest like trends and all those things and dance moves and I was just like that's not that's yeah crazy and I know from their perspective again from the from the perspective of innovation you're just thinking like oh this is cool like look what we can do because even that's a form of creativity those who are able to create this kind of like yeah. 
AI and this kind of woman who's not real, that is creativity. But at the same time, I, I feel like not all innovation could is the best innovation. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, that's cool. But then at the same time, like years from now, are we going to start having like all these fake people, you know, on, on social media where we think they're real and we think like they're a natural human being, but no, it's like, oh, someone created them. And let me take all the cool stuff from the internet and just put it in this person. Like that's, that's what's scary. That's absurd to me. Like you won't even know if you're dealing with reality or not. Like everything will feel like a simulation almost. Yeah, it's, it's fake authenticity, which is an authentic mm-hmm. authenticity. And I think that's what we're all searching for in various ways, but <laughs> that that's getting taken away or there's like, at least there's a, there's a tinge of a worry in the background that that might be taken away. That's, it's, it's scary for sure. Um, and I just, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it because I'm, I'm so curious to see how it plays out. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to live in a Black Mirror episode, you know? Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is like the perfect analogy. <laughs> that is so great. Like, oh my gosh. No, seriously though, because that, that's what could happen. Like, I'm sorry, but not all people are like sane. Like some people are crazy and smart. So they might like, create this fake person and then like now they're getting married to this fake person like the movie what her or something I don't I didn't watch the movie her I just know he was like into his it might have been her that I watched I don't know okay was it <laughs> I didn't watch the movie but I know he liked his computer or whatever the the woman was or whatever but that's just I don't know no I don't know it's just it's like okay this is another tangent but I just put this on my Instagram yesterday and I feel like this is in the same vein like scientists got approved to basically bring back the woolly mammoth. And I understand like woolly mammoths was a dying species, but I th- there's another part of me that's like, I don't think you should be recreating some sort of genetics to bring back the woolly mammoth. Like that just seems virtually wrong to me. Mm-hmm. And in the post, they were saying like, this could help um, climate crisis in the ecosystem, you know, cause woolly mammoths are what from the Antarctica or something something like that but I'm like are you sure though because this sounds to me like oh let's do this because it's cool and because we can and then we could be the first scientist or whatever who brought back the woolly mammoth and then on ethical standards uh kind of like in a different route I guess they're uh the argument that it could help with like climate change but why not uh you know fix our issues with climate change now why right you know, do better so that we don't get to the point where we have to fix things. Okay. Um, but Robbie, the, the, the funds were like over a billion dollars. Y'all are willing to give all this money to scientists to bring back some woolly mammoth. Do you know what a billion dollars could just do in the world? Like where are our priorities? <laughs> They're all over the place. I don't think, I don't, I don't believe that we understand what priorities are anymore. Just from being honest, that's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah everybody's out here out living living I don't know I don't know it just makes me concerned about the future but Mm -hmm. but anyway but what power is your creative urge do you know oh that's a good question I don't know if I have like a real answer for that I think I just I love the idea of just taking what's in your head and just putting it out there and just like what okay here I'll, I'll just travel back a little bit one of my favorite things about um doing critiques in class um, back when I was an undergrad is you know we all have a design brief for something but the many different directions that we go in and you know mm-hmm. if you tell you know some other major I love telling people that I was a graphic designer and that I didn't have tests really like while everyone else has <laughs> right. these projects and I'm in the lab at two o'clock in the morning. I'm also stressed out as a student. But you know, telling this brief, a lot of times they their mind doesn't go in all different directions. Um, but I think that's just that's so cool. We all have um, you know, in different ways. Not everyone obviously isn't a designer or an artist or a musician or anything that's labeled as creative, but we all have um you know, we all have creativity creativity within us. Um I think it's really cool. I, even now and especially back in school. If I had, uh, if I created something, I would hit up all my friends and be like, 
what does this look like? Pretend that you're the client and that this is for you. Tell me everything that you think is wrong with it. And a lot of times um, they'll be, they'll say that I'm not a designer. I don't know what to look for. I'm just, <laughs> no, literally look at it and- How do you feel about it? What is it? Yeah. It? You have more power than you think that you do. And then they'll start to tell me different things. And I can, you know, I can take what I learned. I know the, the technicalities. I know I have the education to um, then change my design to fit more of what, you know, fits. But, um, you know, they have intuition that they're not really aware of. So that was a tangent. I don't know if I really even answered your question, but I, I just think creativity is cool. In I was going to say, like, it sounds like you just get really excited about the opportunity of what you can create from the brief or whatever the brief may be, you know? So I think that's dope. It took me a while to even get, like, because I was not on the, the creative path. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. I was like, you know, let me do that. I was like, oh, let me help. Because for me, it is about helping in a sense. But I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. But then I was like, you know, if someone dies on me, I'm not going to be okay. Like, I'm going to be <laughs> sad. And I, I, I honestly don't want to be desensitized to death. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, it's just another death. You know, let's move on. No, like, I'm going to be sad. Like, so I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a forensics doctor. Because I don't know. I was watching a lot of probably forensics. And I was like, ooh. But then I was like, if a dead body moves on me, I'm out. Because <laughs> dead bodies do move. Like, all them gases be releasing. And no, I'm good. So I was like, okay, so what can I do now? And they're completely two different spectrums from medical to to art but like I was like all right so I was like I think my family is kind of creative my dad used to watch Bob Ross uh by the way watch the little uh documentary on Netflix I don't um, watch it it's on my to-do list for sure yes I think you'll like it it also made me mad but I'll talk about that later it's a whole nother podcast but <laughs> but yes watch that but he used to watch Bob and he used to paint his little happy tree so I was like okay my dad got the painting on lock I have a, another cousin who's a videographer who also went to Art Institute in D.C. And so I was like, all right. I was like, well, maybe there's something there. I did my little research and I was like, ah, graphic design. So let me go that way. Um, I don't really think I knew what urge, like what sparked that. I just felt like I'm one of these people when I get it in my mind, I can do something. I go for it and I'm like, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, I was like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. And I absolutely liked it. I was like, okay, this is dope. Like I like the process. I like being able to be like, all right, let me do the research. If I'm excited, I like to research. Like I get excited. I'm like, oh, let me research. Let me see what's out there. Um, and then conceptualizing. I love a good brainstorm. Like, and I'm not talking about solely with me, like with people, like, like you said, you get so many different kind of ideals and someone might have a different perspective from, from you or from me. So I love a good brainstorm. I love to be able to help in that way. And so I think those are kind of like the things that fuel me. It is a little bit more challenging when you're by yourself, like I am now, like with my own business. Um, so unlike you, I don't really rely on my friends as much. Maybe I should, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I don't really have like another perspective at all times. So that does make it more challenging because I think that also can help. Um, anyway. That was a complete tangent, but I do think that's kind of like my urge, like, uh, like, ooh, let's uh, research this. Let's bring it to life. Bringing something to life, like Frankenstein. I don't know. For sure, for sure. I, I, you said something that I was thinking, like, right when you said it. But I also love the the process. I think the process of creating is is more fun to me than the mm -hmm. product. Because uh, I think you mentioned it earlier, like I'm my own worst critic too. So sometimes I'll turn something in and everyone's just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> I overthink. I don't know if you do, but I'd be overthinking. I'd be mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the pro I, I, I learned it in one of my classes. Uh, my professor decided to not give us any structure. He said in the design world, you have to kind of time yourself and um you know think of the prod think the project through and i'm not going to give you any deadlines to do this that and the third just by this time have everything done and everyone did not like that at all <laughs> like you better tell me what to do please give me structure i'm, I'm paying you to give me some structure and he's like no <laughs> um but it definitely made me appreciate the process a lot more mm -hmm. um, and just being more um one, managing my time, of course, but mm -hmm. um, just 
being in control of the whole creative process. It yeah. Was really cool, for sure. Was that teacher older or younger? That teacher was younger. So um, between him and another teacher, he was older too, but he had more of a young perspective. He wasn't uh, okay. Hard to say, but not tied down by his age. But all the the other ones were older, and sometimes that did get annoying. Yes, because I was thinking of like never when I was in college that any of the teachers be like, oh, you know, we're not going to give you any kind of structure. And I was like, I wonder if he's young because that seems like something a younger teacher might do. I had them them old school teachers like they come from the era of graphic design where you literally had to draw out the letters and like letter pressing and all that stuff and I was like look if graphic design was still like that I wouldn't be a graphic designer because that's just doing the most <laughs> to me and so they had that kind of mentality so I think the teachers that I had though some of them were cool like don't get me wrong but I think some of them were kind of like stuck in their ways like you know this is good design this is the design I did for the Atlanta Ballet or something else like that and you're like okay like, but where are we now? Like, I don't know, but all right. Yeah, I had a good balance of just the the foundation professors, I'll call them, and then the ones that are kind of hip with the trends. And yeah, I like that because, I mean, it doesn't matter their age, but I, it, I think it helps to see like who really is kind of like out there doing it, who understands like, okay, because don't get me wrong, I probably would have been one of them students like, I need the structure. I like structure. I do. It's cool. I, and actually, I don't think it's cool, but I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I think like okay I do like structure but um it also gets in the way like it does get in my way sometimes because sometimes it makes me feel like things have to be a certain way and then I'm like they don't have to be that way like I don't have to do it that way I don't have to follow the grid at all yeah you know like I don't have to do you know and so I do think like my structure like does get in the way sometimes because I'm like it doesn't have to be that way understand the rules so that you know how to break them properly it's one of my what one of my professors always tell us. So, um, so I definitely it made me listen to my older professors more to like understand the foundations. But when I'm ready or when I feel like it's necessary to break said um, you know principle design rules, I have a reason behind it. I'm not just doing it just to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to have a reason why. Mm -hmm. I that's another thing that I do like. Um, I like for there to be a reason why. I like for things to make sense when I design. So when I make a logo, like I like for it all to make sense. Like I don't like to just throw an element on there just to be throwing it on there. I like for it to be like, oh, well, I did this because this represents this, whether it's an obvious thing or not. Mm -hmm. But I just like to know the story behind it. And I like for the story to make sense. Like I don't like, oh, I just did it just because. Like you can do that and it can still be cool. But for me, I'm like, I can't do that. I'm like, it all has to make sense. Anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you think there's characteristics of creativity and is that something that can be formulated into like a machine hmm. I think I don't know if I want to call them characteristics um maybe I was thinking traits but that's probably redundant um I think you can definitely replicate creativity kind of how we mm -hmm. I said or um, you can replicate emotion and make it seem like the robot has emotion. Um, so like brainstorming and maybe just like, maybe just the act of sitting there and thinking um, <laughs> <laughs> could be added. Uh, maybe, huh. Cause I'm, now I'm thinking of a robot, like putting something together and being like, nah, that doesn't work. And then doing- There's something. no way. There's no that way. Doesn't, like that doesn't sit right with me. Um, so I don't know. I don't, that'd be, sorry, you go. I just, that would just be very, that would be unsettling for sure. There's, there's a lot of things that I find interesting about what's coming out, but that would see, thinking of that in my head is very unsettling. I feel like, no, there's no way because so many things shape our creativity, right? Like I speak specifically to us as designers, like our environment, like everything, like, you know, we intake on a daily basis, what we watch, what we eat, what, you know, what we see, whether we know it or not, like it kind of shapes like what we do. I'm like a robot can't intake all that, you know, like, like, like you said, like whatever is put into the robot is programmed. So emotion can't, it's, I mean, I guess you can put an emotion in a robot, right? Like you can make them sympathetic to something, but it doesn't mean that they are sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is complex, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not innate. It doesn't, it's not genuine. No, it's not. Yeah. That's why I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. So in the future, do you think that this makes, this might particular, um, not particularly, but this might make machines more creative than humans? And not just machines, but design tools, all those things. Like, mm-hmm. do we run the risk of like being distinct? <laughs> I want to say no. I want to say that humans, and it's funny that I'm saying humans, but humans will always have a, like a want for authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, that will always be there. So it, even though these new things will come out and it'll be cool, some people will be interested, some people won't. Like I know Elon Musk is coming out with a new robot and it's like, what? why do people need a robot in their houses? Why? Um, <laughs> I was like, and you know, you know, there's going to be tons of people buying them things. It's creepy. I won't have it. I will, I, I, if one of my friends decides to have it, I will judge them, but I will go and see it. Yeah. Um, and probably just not go over their house anymore if it freaks me out too much. But I have no desire for it. So, you know, I, I can still do my, you know, my daily tasks without. Right. I was like, why do we want to get away from that? Like, I, I, I keep thinking of the movie We. I don't know if you have you seen that movie? I don't think so. Okay. So in the movie We, Earth is like, Earth is still there, but it's basically like unlivable. So mm-hmm. all the humans are in a spaceship floating around the universe. And they no longer walk, they ride on scooters. So all the humans are overweight mm. and there's no plant life or anything like that on earth. Nothing lives. I'm sorry, I said we, I meant Wally. I was oh, like, it just, yeah, okay, okay, it just yeah, came yeah. to me. I was like, we, I was like, why that don't sound right? I was like, why that don't sound right to me? <laughs> Wally. All the way, but yes, I am familiar with the movie. I was like, but that's what these robots make me think of because like, in your mind, you feel like you're creating something to help people. But I'm like, the more we get away from what we do, then what is our purpose? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying our purpose is to clean, but like, it's like, it starts with cleaning, but then they become these things that can do other things. And then you start feeling like, well, I don't have to do anything. Right. Like, I know, like, no, I don't know. That thing, that thing looks like a human, I mean, without the features, but it, it looks like it's about my height. Like, I don't know. I'm hoping that we don't get to a point where, you know, we lose the essence of being human. Um, I think one thing that, we, one of the things that we talked about in one of my last classes before we never went to school again <laughs> <laughs> um, was what my teacher was saying that um, brick and mortar style, like, uh, businesses were coming back you know even though we're in this digitized like digital market and like, a lot of things are bought online and mm-hmm. uh, we're becoming more innovative quote unquote but people still have a desire to like touch and feel and interact and that's mm-hmm. like, one of the issues that we've had with the pandemic without um, being able to see each other in person as often um, it's just that that human touch to things mm-hmm. um, so I don't think that it'll ever go away. At least I'm hoping. Maybe that's naive of me to think, but um, I hope that we don't lose that. I hope not either, because I don't want to live in a cold world where we got freaking iRobot running around and we all just like, oh, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, like, they now dial phones for us. Like, they talk for us. Like, hey, robot, tell uh, Robbie to, I don't know, go to the grocery store. (laughs) like what I mean I guess we kind of have that with our phones and Siri in a way I've I've been getting very upset with my phone because while I'm driving um um my mom is currently uh she's a travel nurse so I'm home with my sister for the time being and so um you know she she tutors this little girl so I'll go and pick her up and when I'm pulling into the driveway you know I'll tell Siri hey text Angela like that I'm here and lately if I have music playing Siri won't listen to me and that's very aggravating (laughs) And I was thinking about it because I've been doing that for like probably like a week and a half now. And I'm not used mm-hmm. to because I've, I've been used to Siri just like hearing me say text somebody and it'll just do it. And I'm thinking like there was a point in time where I didn't need that. So like, why is it bothering me this much? So I guess in a way we are adapting to certain things and it's just happening slowly. And we don't realize it. So it's mm-hmm. just little things like that to think about. 
Absolutely. No, I think that's a great point because I think subconsciously you don't realize what's happening. Like you really don't realize like you are so succumbing to a lot of these, these innovations and, and all these things. So you're absolutely right. Because then you're like, the convenience is what you're attracted to. Like the convenience of being able to just be like, hey, Siri, blah, blah, blah. Or hey, Alexa, whoever you talk to, I don't know. Because even, even that was weird at first. You know, like the idea of like your phone listening, like people were concerned about these gadgets listening to what they're saying and, and you know, big brother, I guess. Um, but I was like, big brother gonna listen regardless. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, about face ID. I was like, they already have everything else. Right. Them. Like, it, you, everybody <laughs> on social media, they, they got you. you. You use a credit card, they got you. Like, it's just relax. Like, those are things you don't want to know, right? But to your point, yeah, I do think that we just naturally kind of like fold into that. But the thing is, like, like you were saying, when you realize that you have and you then you, it goes away, right? You don't have your phone or whatever being comfortable with going back to the, I guess, the old way of doing things Um, and not being like, you know, losing your mind, like freaking throwing your phone out the car. Like, I can't believe you won't listen to me. No, (laughs) (laughs) you gotta be okay with like going backwards. Sometimes people, again, not all innovation. And when I say do harm, this is like the harm I mean. Like, I don't mean like folks dying, but I just mean like, becoming more lazy or becoming more complacent about things and honestly even with these robots like yeah Elon you're doing this but guess what there's other people who are going to do the same thing and robots put people out of jobs you know what I mean like there's already people who've lost jobs because there's machinery with with AI that can do things like take orders or you know build parts or whatever mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like that it's like a pro, but then there's also a con to some of it because it's like, like cars, great innovation. Mm-hmm. Con is ruining the planet. Like, it is destroying it. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's just one of those things of like, because, uh, you know, innovation, no one's really thinking about 10 years from now, 50 years from now, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what can you do? So, with all that was said, what do you think? creativity looks like in the future like is there anything you would be excited to see or not excited to see or Hmm. where do you think graphic design will be I don't I'm not sure as far as graphic design I don't think I've ever thought of that in in detail when you ask that question weirdly enough what comes to mind is social media how social media will um Mm -hmm. evolve because you know, new things come out and I'm just like, I would have never thought of that. Like when Clubhouse, even though Clubhouse kind of flopped, but when Clubhouse came out, um, I was just like, huh, speaking as in, <laughs> that seems like something that should have been out already, but it's not. And mm-hmm. that's really cool. So um, yeah, I just, I wonder how we'll continue to connect with each other um, mm-hmm. um, as like with the pandemic, you know, um, how do we still hold on to that human factor of like interacting with um, each other mm-hmm. without seeing each other in person, even though it's a kind of depressing in a way that thought, but um, yeah, I'm interested to see how we continue, maybe not directly social media, but how we continue to interact with each other. And social media in itself is changing a lot with influencers mm-hmm. and how, um, how to engage with their audience and um completely going on a tangent not with this thought but um I remember how I wasn't shocked per se but it definitely was just a, a change in perspective when I realized that um the clients of you know social media platforms like Instagram Facebook isn't the people that are actually consuming it but it's the advertisers and mm-hmm. we're actually the product of yes advertisers and that is it's it's a mind bender in a way. So it's like, I'm, I'm just very curious to see how it, uh, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. That like, honestly, that's powerful when you are able to make people feel like they're in control, but they're really not in control. Mm-hmm. Like that is the craziest part of social media. Like you're like, oh, I post my pictures. I make my content, but really you're not in control. Um, anyway, um, but I do hope that, I do think, the future will have us losing some of the traditions of creativity. Um, 
that's not all bad. I'm not a traditional person, but there are some traditions that I do think we should hold on to. Um, so I do think some of those traditions might go away. Hopefully we don't get to a point where like, we could just think of something and the computer designs us designs it for us. That would be no fun. Um, so I hope we don't reach that point. Um, and I don't know what traditions may be lost in creativity, but it always happens. I mean, we went from pen pals to email to, I don't know, now FaceTime and, you know, Google chat, like everything evolves all the time. But I do think there's something to be appreciative about like a pen pal, and not a pen pal, but like writing writing like pen to paper like it's cathartic for me but people would now are probably like uh no like let me type it up you know what I mean I'm like ah. um so yeah there'll be something that gets lost but there can be something cool that happens as well um with with all that is going on social media I don't know where that's gonna be in the future I mean because it's making leaps and bounds now so I'm like I don't maybe it'll be a hologram maybe you can like hologram somebody like in, into your <laughs> I don't even know they have they have I, I I won't say how I feel about it but they have a whole um concert with Whitney Houston I think in Vegas with her hologram and so really mm -hmm. I would never pay money for that yeah but, no I don't think that she wants that but again that's another conversation yeah so you're right <laughs> like that's okay like no may she rest in peace <laughs> um yeah get that out of here but at the end you would say are we replaceable are creators replaceable or not i i would say no okay i would agree but, I don't, but if we're forgotten or people don't appreciate us as much i think it's just i'll leave it to ignorance i don't think it's it's something that can be replaced absolutely i agree so with that being said do you want to let the people know where they can find you at? You can. You can drop a nugget. You want to tell them something special? Um, sure. I am currently in the midst of kind of recreating my design page um, and starting from scratch. But let me make sure it's correct. One second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get that information right because you're telling the public now. <laughs> I have it. I have it established. I just don't have anything up on it yet. Um, but it's r.p.designs, so Robbie Pierre Designs, but r.p.designs, and that's my Instagram handle. So I'll, you know, stay tuned, and I'll be putting stuff up on there soon. <laughs> boop, boop. Anything you put up, I will repost for you on Go Off and Create. You can follow Go Off and Create um, on all platforms at Go Off and Create. Um, podcast email is Go Off and Create, well, podcast at goffandcreate.com. It's really hard to be throwing all these little names out there, but that's where you can reach Golf and Create at. Robbie, it was great to have you on. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Bye. <Thank you>. Bye. <laughs>